Hi everyone, welcome to the LCF Careers podcast series, Careers in Fashion. This is Seth. Uh, today we'll be looking at fashion activism and entrepreneurship. We are backstage at our postgrad networking debate, Disruptors, Activism's Place in Fashion, and we're going to be catching up with students and industry. So we're joined by Frances O'Dell, who is our student enterprise coordinator. Um, Francis, you obviously had the opportunity to host the um, Activism in Fashion Disruptors event. Can you tell us a little bit about how that went and just an overview? Yeah, I think the actual concept was brilliant. Um, In terms of enterprise, in terms of what our students are looking at when they're sort of developing their enterprising ideas, is to disrupt the market, is to look at um, the market in terms of whatever discipline uh, they're at, so if it's sustainability, it might be well-being, digital, and what we try to sort of engender amongst our students is to add value um, and create value and features and benefits. So I think the the topic was quite generic, but I think the um, the panel was great because we had representation from the digital realm, the retail realm, the social realm, and I think the the audience were very sort of engaged, so it, it flowed beautifully. Were there any particular topics that I guess resonated with you or that maybe you were surprised that the students brought up? No, I think sort of the, the topics um, were what we would sort of um, usually discuss with the students, but I think what was really beneficial is they heard from industry Mm -hmm. Um, and what was interesting that industry were looking um, you know not just for practitioners but for creative thinkers um, for people that could spot opportunities in the market for people that could problem solve Um, so it was interesting that that the conversation um, in terms of what industry looked for were enterprising skill sets and you did sort of tie it in with enterprising skill sets and also employability mm-hmm. in general. And mm-hmm. um, so, how do you feel the, I guess, the I think it's really important as a student that you have a voice. Um, we always look at what the purpose is. Mm-hmm. What What are your ethics? what are your beliefs because I think if you have really strong views then inherently they will sort of um, feed into what you do so it's really important I think for our students not to be frightened to have an opinion Mm -hmm. Um, it might not be an opinion that everyone shares but if they believe in it that's really important because I think in terms of the landscape at the minute especially in fashion is that it's not just products that consumers want consumers also buy people they buy stories they buy uh, social causes so I think the intertwining of 
a service in a product but also um, with a purpose is really important and I think that's the trend that we're going to see going forward. Talking about the trends of the market so is there any trend particular trend that you see in in those who are disrupting the market? It's sort of coming from a purpose so if I'm looking across our um, recent graduates um, one that sort of stands out that's doing really well um, is a girl called Bethany Williams Mm -hmm. who studied an MA menswear course and she's selling um, globally um, in America, she's selling to Farfetched, um, but, and I think she has a very, very clear cause. Um, she has a social cause. She gives back to different elements of society. And I think that's what people are buying into her. Um, the product isn't cheap. <laughs> it's quite expensive. Um, but it's sustainably produced. Uh, she recycles. She upcycles. Um, and I think what that has also um allowed her to do is she's now cultivating another income stream to her business model where she's just not selling her product but she's also selling her knowledge to other players that want to develop a social call so she's generating a consultancy element to her business so again you know if you're looking at sort of spreading risk in a very volatile marketplace that can cultivate an income stream if people sort of support and and buy into your values as well and that kind of giving back and social mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. that creates the yeah. business kind of um, mm-hmm. is that something that is do you think is from what the market needs or is it just no i i it might yeah i th- you know i think with the social side it's it's not born out of commerciality um again we have quite a diverse um student cohort um, you know we have big international cohorts so when you look at I look at the sort of social models that are coming through it's not just not the UK um, we had uh, a student an MA student last year that we worked quite closely with that was an international student um, she went on to win the UAL visa um, she was given an entrepreneurship visa to set up her, her business um, in the UK and what she's doing is she's working with um, local um, Pakistani communities in Pakistan who who make, I mean, beautiful, exquisite um, sort of uh, embroidery and product. Um, and sh- there's a real big market uh, gap um, in the UK. So it's sort of harnessing and, and developing those sort of specialist sort of services paying a a going wage for females that may not be able to support their family so there's that social um sort of side of it and then cultivating a market in a in a different geographical um location that sort of perceives and and values the creation that she's developed so it you know you have to be commercially minded but I don't think you could generate a a social enterprise if it's overtly commercial that you know you want to give back so there should be beneficiaries great how do you think you'd go about setting up those those companies is there any kind of I think yeah I think we've set we look for our students just to have ideas um and you know imagination is really really important because you know if you look at um disruptors and innovators over the last sort of 20 years like steve jobs or dyson and you look at the world that they were developing in 
you know, they disrupted it sort of full circle. So again, it's not to be afraid of thinking out of the box. I think with the um, set uh, challenge, um, which we uh, run each year, we offer the students an opportunity to come up with an idea um, and look at a what-if scenario. Um, You know, creativity um, and the creative industries is about sort of innovation and creativity, but it's also rooted in strategy and organisation and management. and that's the business of fashion. It, you have to have that yin and yang. So if you look at real successful business models, not just in fashion, sort of in, in different disciplines, it's where you've got that creativity, but you've also got the, the business acumen. So we try to impart those two elements amongst our student cohort. So what would you say are the main challenges that students are facing in regards to starting up companies in this climate? Um, I think there's fear, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and there's fear of failure, but I think um, business is risk, so you have to manage that risk, um, and I think through due diligence, through the research, um, we work on um, a framework which is called a business model canvas, which is a, a sort of precursor really to a business plan. Um, a student doesn't need a business plan that's war and peace. Um, I think the business model, um, if they do it right, will really um, show if there's any pain points that they're going to come across before they launch. So it's a really um, important process that they go through. Um, again, you can plan for every eventuality, but when you're out doing it, reality bites. Um, I would say networks are really important. Um, so again, we always say cultivate your networks while you're um, at LCF, because nine times out of 10, the the answers to the questions that you need to know are probably within the four walls. And I think what SET has done, along with the alumni team, is we have an LCF Founders Club now. So those uh, sort of student, recent students and alum um, who are running their own businesses um, can also sort of be part of our network. The SET team also still offers support to those um, students and, and alums. So I think it's just sort of being in a realm where you don't feel isolated or on your own because there is a a process that you have to go through as a startup that most startups have to go through and I think if you do the due diligence if you've identified the potential sort of issues before you launch I think you can become more resilient I think that's yeah yeah it's it's key it is key but again that comes from knowledge so I always say that nine times out of ten your plan a will never come to fruition so you know you have to have a fallback position and it is being adaptable and I think as a a startup and and a small business you're more flexible and adaptable than a lot of big corporates. They haven't got that agility. Um, So if changes occur in the marketplace, usually it's the smaller players that can adapt and react quickly. So, you know, what is a pro in in one sense and a con in another, you you can sort of play between two. So I think don't do anything in isolation. If you need help, ask. Asking for help isn't the sign of failure. And I think sometimes, um, you know, that's 
that worries me because I think the more you ask, the more you get. And the more you make mistakes, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, and you learn, you know. And And if you look at a lot of the successful entrepreneurs out there, the common denominator is that they have failed, but they've learned from that failure. I imagine there's a lot of businesses that can take off in an instant and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of other ones that can take quite a long time. Yeah. Um, so that must be quite hard, I imagine. Yeah, or? but I think, it, again, we, we, my mantra to the students is that the market dictates to you. You yeah. can't dictate to the market. So if a student sort of says, but there's a gap in the market, no one's doing it, we'll always say, but is there a market in that gap? So if you look at someone like Apple, who, who sort of were and are true innovators, but over the last sort of few months, um, they're losing market share um, because there's more comparable goods coming into that segment of the market so you've got to think well okay what do we do to maintain so you always have to look at being a step ahead and they haven't really innovated sort of for a long time so it's sort of everyone's caught up just updated what they have yeah so you know it could be that they look at disrupting that whole market again or they have to be looking at constant innovation so i think with our students what we always say is that's why it's really important that they bring in their dna to that idea because they're going to be living with this 24 7 so you know in terms of um if you believe in something inherently you're you know you'll have that longevity and it becomes more sustainable yeah so it's the the guys that are really looking to do something that's different but it's it's it can't be too different that the market doesn't understand it so we you've always got to be market centric you've got to look at the market and say okay what am i doing and is it adding value to what is already out there because consumers are quite savvy there's a lot of choice out there there's a lot of information out there so it's also making informed purchases they were um, in the news this week um boohoo.com mm-hmm. kind of companies mm-hmm. uh, fast fashion mm-hmm. for their sustainability responsibility mm-hmm. the government are putting some action against them yeah but uh, again you've got to look at them to, to do yeah but and and, you know the fashion industry is looking at how it can sustainably produce but also i think the problem um is if there's always a market that's willing to buy fast fashion there's always going to be producers that are going to give the market what it wants and it's also down to the individual as well absolutely yeah i think we talk a lot about the markets and the trends and the companies Mm -hmm. but like you said us as consumers Mm -hmm. yeah you know, a lot of us want cheap goods, mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. us can't actually afford Ford. to, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, buy expensive, yeah. uh, better quality Absolutely. items that yeah. are going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think mentioning Boohoo mm-hmm. is, yeah. you know, that's obviously one of the common um, yeah. companies Comes that to, a yeah. lot of us go to. Yeah. Um, but I think to myself, there is always going to be a market for, for Boohoo. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's, you know, we've got students. They, they have disrupted the market. I mean, over the years they just but again you gotta i always um, i'm probably more cynical Mm. that if you're competing solely on price Mm. there's always going to be someone that can come in and take market share because there's Mm. always going to be someone cheaper and i think again sort of you know consumers are a lot more savvy you know our designers you know we do a lot around sustainability and our better lives agenda and there was a recent graduate who was sort of making multifunctional products so you know a a sort of shirt that could be worn about four different ways so it's still looking at it from a sustainable agenda if you sort of look at ways of being more multifaceted 
that has longevity in your wardrobe. And I think even from like a careers perspective, I would say students of today yeah. just seem more self-aware, more conscious, conscious. More, yeah. yeah. It's like they care more yeah. about the I environment and they're more vocal about it yeah. as well. Yeah, so and I'm I think seeing that transition. Yeah, yeah. Well. and I, and I think it is education mm. because if people don't know, they can't do. Mm. I think you know. I have children and they're sort of taught environmental um, sort of issues and I think you know it is a generational thing so you know if kids of tomorrow are coming through then you'd hope that their purchasing habits will have an effect, a positive effect. Could you think of like five, <laughs> five, five tips you would give students on starting a business talking in, in regards to like disrupting the market? I think research, yeah, yeah, I think research is key and not academic research, I think Mm -hmm. really um, look at consumer Mm behaviours, look at competitor um, analysis and also look at trends, Not, not where we are now, not what's being done now, not who's done something in the past, but look at projected trends and again with imagination I know I'm going off the five, aren't I? <laughs> so with, with, with imagination, it's sort of setting up what if um, scenarios. I think that's yeah. really important. I think also, um, you know, look at when you look at an idea and you're cultivating an idea. I think also um, looking at how that's going to manifest itself. How will that work? So again, you have a business if you have a product and a service that someone wants to buy. So how are you going to get this offer to the market? You know, we we see a lot about social media. Um, We see a lot about um, uh, wholesale, but practically, how do you get A to B? Um, I think uh, also in terms of two more um, also in terms of um, protection before mm-hmm. you even start talking to third parties you have to protect your idea yeah, yeah. It, it might be a process it could be a product but um, we see a lot of our students sometimes getting their fingers burnt because wow. They've um, sort of uh, been too accommodating and too trusting. So um, I think IP is being embedded across Mm -hmm. the curriculum and I think that's um, really uh, important. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, also look, you know, if you're looking at funding, look at things like competitions because there is a cost. Yeah, everything costs. But, you know, we've had real successful examples of students raising um, startup uh, funding through Kickstarter, through competitions. So with SET, we do our SET Challenge. Um, the university um, has a seed funding round. There's a lot of competitions for startups. So I think, you know, I would just say research, test the concept first at a low level, and then you can sort of um, scale up. It's great. I think students are really lucky mm-hmm. to have the oh, team. Yeah. Um, we enjoy. You know, <laughs> obviously, you guys run a lot of yeah. events, mm-hmm. workshops, you've got the set challenge. Yeah. So I think that's all fantastic. And yeah. I think with the Disruptors event, hopefully we can see more events yeah. like this, mm-hmm. where it's more of a debate as opposed mm-hmm. to having, yeah. I guess, a traditional panel session yeah. set up. So I think that actually worked really, really well. well. And I think sometimes the students ha- mm. have more to share and we learn as well mm-hmm. so i think yeah the the debate is is sort of like a two-way thing i enjoyed it Brilliant. thank you, thank you.
Do you want to tell me your name and your course? Yeah, my name is Madison Booth. Um, I'm in the MSc Applied Psychology and Fashion. Okay, brilliant. Um, you've obviously attended our Disruptors event today. Yes. Um, how have you found the discussion? I thought it was super interesting. Um, it was definitely a very fluid conversation that just kept like snowballing and um, a lot of interesting points on technology, sustainability, innovation, human connection, branding. Uh, I'm definitely excited to go read and study now. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I feel like they've managed to cover quite a variety of diversity yeah. topics today. Mm -hmm. um, I know you guys have your collaborative unit. Yeah. So how does today's discussion sort of tie in with your collaborative unit? Yeah, so I'm working um, with Mark Bissett on a sensorial beauty texture project. Um, so it definitely has um, sustainability involved, technology. It's basically creating a new type of um, beauty product that has more of a scientific uh, texture to it that um, a human can have more of like an interaction with the product. So whether it's like a a uh, powdered moisturizer or like a liquid powder, something that is able to wear and change while it's on your skin. Um, yeah, so this this conversation definitely got me thinking more about um, what I can do with that and questions I can ask. Brilliant. Um, and just lastly, if we were to have, um, I guess, future events of this nature, yeah. would there be any other topics that you feel like you would want to hear about or things that you would want to I mean, I think the topics were great today. I think mm, what might be helpful is just talking about more fashion brands or companies that are current and kind of applying what we discussed to those current um, brands or companies that are doing well. Just creating more exposure to what's currently happening in the industry. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Good luck with your um, upcoming project. Thank you so much. My name is Maria Teresa Flores. I'm studying the MBA. Uh, and I'm Deborah DiMello. I'm doing the MA in Fashion Futures. Fantastic. So thank you for coming to the Disruptors event today. Um, how did you find the discussion? Uh, thank you for having us. <laughs> well, I think that it was very inspiring. I'm thinking actually to apply for the set challenge. And I kind of like saw the light today with my project because it's like very social and I don't I'm not like that sure about how I'm going to make this a business so I, I don't know if I'm sure now either but I feel that I could have like more support now what the things I heard today and it was very interesting so cool. Uh, I think it was very interesting that the students were a part of the discussion as well because usually it's just like panelists talking and then we feel very frightened to say something so I think it was the way that it happened like being like around and everybody like it just felt like more welcoming and I think it was really great it was really really interesting so were there any particular topics maybe that were discussed that resonated with you or that you found particularly I thought it was really interesting when they talked about activism and sustainability, which is what I'm kind of studying in my MA. So that was, I wish they would talk more about that. Uh, and I think like when they started talking about sustainability, everybody was really interested. Uh, you could see that people were like really having more opinions about it. So I, I think it would be nicer to have like more time discussing about that. 
Um, and you guys have your collaborative unit, don't you, that you're working on at the minute. Um, how does this discussion kind of feed into what you're going to be doing in your collaborative unit? Uh, well, we just started, so uh, we're still, I feel like, a bit confused of what exactly it's going to be like in the end because uh, mine I'm doing about sustainability so that discussion about activism and how to communicate your ideas I think that definitely is something that can help on the collaborative unit. Brilliant. I would like to hear more about workers rights yeah when I think about activism for me yeah, it's like something I'm interested in. So yeah, I think it would be really interesting to have like a big open discussion because people are so passionate about it. Uh, and if it, we had like a safe environment like this to talk about that, it would be very interesting too. Brilliant. Thank you guys. So do you want Hi. to start with giving us an introduction and just telling us, um, I guess, what you do? Yes, yeah, so uh, my name is Jonathan Chippendale. I am CEO of Holition. We are an innovation agency or a creative technology agency specialising in emerging technology. Uh, our clients are the usual suspects in luxury, fashion and beauty. Brilliant. So for the students, I guess, that are not here, that are going to be listening back to this discussion, are there any key topics that you would want to make them aware of that have come up today? Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to make them aware of why on earth weren't they here. <laughs> okay, some of the key topics, I think. Um, I think we had a very interesting conversation around just the role of technology in terms of individuality, in terms of trend, in terms of uh, humanization. And I think there was, a, there was a conversation about whether technology allows uh, brands to talk and communicate with people as individuals rather than huge homogenized groups. When I started out, we used to divide the whole world up into A, B, C1, C2, Ds and Es. And I find it ironic that in this amazing digital world, marketers still talk about huge homogenized groups like millennials for example and Gen Z or Gen Z depending on which side of the Atlantic you're on but the reality is that particularly with access to data brands can understand us at a highly individualized level um, Google seem to have millions of um, data points on where we are what we do what we search for brands have a lot of information on the way we behave and interact with their brands and, and then there's a lot of data around what is trend what is in what is not what is hot what is not and and there's some very, very interesting um, ideas around in, in terms of what that means around not just personalization, but hyper-personalization, which is very, very tightly curated selections of uh, products and services that are absolutely right for that person and not for that person. I think that's all quite interesting. We had a conversation around whether that was good or whether that was bad, whether that was open to abuse or not. So I think all of that was very interesting. The other area that I think is um, of, of particularly interest to me uh, as a member of this planet as a citizen of the earth is this conversation around sustainability and the power of sustainability and and we were talking about this this kind of uh, clash this sort of left brain right brain clash uh, amongst consumers be between fast fashion and an overt consumerism and commercialization and more and more and more and i need the next hot thing and i'm responding to brands marketing and 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 just buying just shed loads of stuff that actually I don't necessarily need and that other side to our personality which is being responsible citizens and sustainability and behaving in an ethical way and judging brands on ethical behaviours and and I think there is a, a we had a good conversation I think around around which of those will whether those forces will clash and, and one will win out or, 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 or whether we can find some way of still buying more but making the things that we buy more ethical. 
Brilliant. We obviously spoke a lot about the current climate. How about disruptors for the future? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have an answer for that, but, mm. but I'm often asked about where all of this is going. And, I, and, uh, and by the way, no one knows. And, and you know, the first thing I would say is please don't listen to a single word that I say. <laughs> I, I have a view. But if we talk very generally, because at Halition we are much more about long-term innovation. I was uh, shown recently the far-fetched store of the future, but if I can walk into it, it's not a store of the future, it's a store of today. So what does the future actually mean? It's not what's being done today. It's not about the limitations of technology. It's about thinking into the future. And I think there are three very interesting trends that are sort of coming together, which will which I think are quite powerful and, and either terrifying or, or, or very liberating, de- depending on whether you think te- technology is a force for good or for bad, and maybe it's both. But the first of those is um, the recursive nature of technology. So that's artificial intelligence. And I think um, uh, that ability of technology to start to highlight to us insights that we, wouldn't, that we didn't find as a human I think is very powerful. And then the other area I think is very interesting is this combinatory aspect of technology. So joining together multiple areas of technology into sort of larger pieces. And this goes in some ways back to AI because it was only a year ago where AI was simply seen as, as a piece of technology that allows someone to beat a human at chess. But actually, AI is now being folded into absolutely everything. So it's, you know, AI and... I mean, there's an interesting project we're working on with a startup which is trying to um, solve uh, house building in Africa by taking artificial intelligence, cl- controlling clouds of drones. The drones are actually 3D printers that fly out into Africa, pick up substrate from the ground, and then knit or weave houses in place without the need for roads and infrastructure and materials to be shipped into ports without the need for skilled labour they'll they'll just do all that so that's taking lots of different types of technology together and giving a uh, an impact that's greater than some other individual parts and then joining all that together you get that exponential um, sort of benefit of AI and combinatory intelligence and a lot of this is around computing power and people talk about you know Moore's law which is that law that um, the head of IBM posited in the 50s where computing power doubles every two years and you get this compound growth in computing power and artificial intelligence is a, uh, a I mean it's simply a compound of um, com- computing power so people talk about when will a computer be the same size as a human brain well three years ago human uh, computing power got to the size of a mouse's brain but big difference between a mouse's brain and a human brain but you know the ever steepening curve of Moore's law says that com- a computer will be as powerful as a, as a human brain by 2022 which is not that far away mm. and um, by 2045 will be equal to all human brains on this planet so what does so again does that make you sleep easier at night probably not no. <laughs> but then no, that goes back to the very last thing that we we're talking about which yeah. is how can we control technology yeah. and, um, and 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 at the moment I don't think we can because the way we control it is the way we control anything which is lawyers and courts and legal action and that takes years and technology can erupt in seconds it can spread around the planet you know Google is bigger than governments it's bigger than countries it's international so how do you control something the, the kind of the, the sort of human linear legal jurisdictions that we have are not really fit to control these global international organizations uh, own the internet so that's kind of my little sum up of it all i feel like i could listen to you speak about this topic all day <laughs> um so yeah thank you yeah, for your time Yeah, my name's Odette Steele and I'm LCF alumni. I studied fashion textiles 
and I specialised in embroidery. Brilliant. We've obviously had a big discussion here today. Mm. Um, were there any particular, I guess, topics that resonated with you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think the when we were talking about technology, um, firstly, and also sustainability, it's really interesting for me because I come from textile background, but in the sense that I really love the hand-rendered pursuit mm. of things. Um, so it was interesting to hear about, um, you know, technology. And I think for a long time, I myself personally have been fighting technology because I kind of want things to have that sustainable edge where we're looking at the more human involvement in production. Mm. But I think that it's interesting that and, uh, you know, it's eventual that we change our mindsets when it comes towards these things. And instead of fighting that thing, really being able to question and research and delve into, OK, this is a, you know, something that's happening. And if I don't <laughs> jack up my ideas or, you know, if I keep fighting this, then it's something that I could potentially really lose out or miss out on actually being able to create a really effective and meaningful change within the fashion industry. So, How important would you say the activism side of things are for you personally? Because I know they spoke a lot about like individualization and like you said sustainability and the ethical side of things. So how important is that for you as an individual? Uh, I, it's very important because at the end of the day, we, there's going to be no change uh, if we don't speak out, if we don't have these discussions, if we don't take decisions. But like I said while we were having the talk, it's really important for each one of us to have a look at ourselves. You know, we sing a song and dance a dance about how designers or how companies or brands should be making an effort to do certain things, to make certain changes. But we're not holding ourselves responsible. I really believe that we're trying to look to somebody else to make groundbreaking steps when actually what the groundbreaking change would really be is if each individual collectively said okay I'm gonna make a difference and we all took that decision at the same time that's what's going to change the world. That's what's going to be groundbreaking. The, the um, talk about data and technology, um, they spoke a lot about that. I know you said technology is something that perhaps you've shied away from yeah. previously. Moving forwards, then, how are you going to embrace technology? I have to think long and hard about it. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that we don't really do is think about things. We, we want those instantaneous results. We want instant, everything is like, you know, convenience. I haven't decided yet exactly how technology is gonna help me in my career. In regards to, you know, data and all that kind of stuff, to be honest, it is what it is. You know, we've already signed up for it. To try and revert backwards is going to be difficult. You know, they already have so much information on us. But at the same time, I think it's also, again, being more conscious of what you agree to. Really being able to think about yourself and say, what kind of person am I? What do I want to stand for? Am I okay with this or am I not? There's a lot of trends that happen. And if somebody doesn't want to be sustainable, that's their choice at the end of the day. 
and I guess since you're alumni, I feel like I can't let you go without asking um, if you were to give advice to these current students that are here now at LCF in regards to entering the jobs market, mm. what would you say? Ooh, there's a lot of advice. Um, I would say, I would say, just keep moving. It's really difficult to, first of all, you're in London, so the market is extremely saturated in whatever field you are in, in fashion, okay? And um, just keep moving, just keep developing yourself, keep learning. I thought that I had learned everything because I finished university, but actually you haven't. <laughs> you've just yeah, yeah, you've just, you've just become, <laughs> begun your journey. Put yourself on a course, give yourself, you know, into an internship, you know whether it's on the side or whatever um, yeah keep learning keep moving forward and also don't let fears hold you back from moving forward resilience. yeah 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 um, with the panel as well the importance of resilience because you guys well not you guys everyone we're going to have rejection yeah. it's going to be difficult it's going to be competitive like you said it's a saturated market so you know above all having that resilience yeah. if you're not successful the first time you'll be successful the next time so yeah that's really brilliant advice and really really insightful so thank you thanks Yeah, so do you want to give us your name and your course? Yeah, so uh, my name is Kira and I'm from MA Pattern Cutting and Garment Technology. Okay, brilliant. So how have you found today's discussion so far? It was really good. It was like all the topics that I came for, like technology and sustainability, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Were there any, I guess, key points that were made that you resonated with? All the stuff about sustainability and like the stuff about like human condition and consumerism because like in fashion we are like very much an industry that's centered around consumerism and like always supply and demand supply and demand but then we never properly look at the supply chain and like all the people who are involved at every step because I guess because we are really design centric that we forget that essentially clothes are being made by people and then when you talk about sustainability you think about labor loss and things like that but beyond I mean before the laborers there are people who come up with the patterns the government construction and then those are the things that are sacrificed in the process in order to like cut costs so like instead of making a well-made jean cut costs and then sell it and then the quality is bad and then oh we'll throw it away and then that whole thing so you can talk about design and aesthetics and appearances but like what about the quality and the make of the clothes? Okay, that's really, really interesting. Um, obviously, you guys have your collaborative unit. So how does this discussion sort of maybe tie in with what you're going to be doing? Um, so I'm collaborating with Modus in a group and we're inspecting like fast fashion practices and how they're like copying and like IP stuff like that. So this is great because like the stuff about data and then like consumerism because we don't know like as consumer like I'm a consumer I, I still buy fast fashion I don't know what my data is being used for and at the same time I don't really care what like if Zara copies Valentino like it's still at my price point and I'm still gonna buy it but at the same time like now we really get the opportunity to collaborate and really look into these things and how does it impact like us as makers again yeah. really 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 interesting if we were to have more events like this are there any other topics that you feel like are really important that you want to hear more about yeah so i mean like they said sustainability is like a topic that we talk about but we talk about less 
I think it's because the the diversity. We can talk about environment and water and stuff, but what about like sustainability for the people who work in it, like the laborers and stuff? Like, what are their lives gonna be like? What if they lose their jobs and things like that? We want to know about that. Yeah, thank you so much for that.